Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, start playing. You got that wired for sound? What are you doing here? I'm having a little conversation. You're listening to a radio station. Every wire, every airway. Brad's a machine. Oh, he really means it, Brad. Hello, Elway's on Bradley. You're on the air. Don't I just want to talk some more. Call 617-254-1030 to join in. Because he's a man on air. Jay talking. Not busy man, Jay talk show. I want to talk to him, tell him the way things are. On WBZ. BZ, you're Jay talking. We're live midnight to five. I'm going to start this segment off with a bit of a story, then I'll bring on the guest. The uh, story starts on a, on a trip. A lot of my stories start with trips. And it was a it was a URL trip. And I had traveled way, I'd bit off more than I could chew. Started off in Hamburg, went all the way down through Italy, then over to uh, Budapest, and then came back through Budapest along the Danube Valley into Austria. And as you go through Austria, you go out through a whole bunch of little towns, and you can get off anywhere you want and get back on. And each, each time I get off, I would get off. I wouldn't have anything to do because I'd be alone. And the only thing to do really is window shop and eat and drink. And after so much eating and drinking, then there's only window shopping. And if you window shop there, you can't help notice that they have tremendous watches. And I'd never really had a thing for watches. But when you somehow, when you're in Austria looking at these watches. They take on a whole new meaning. The stores are much more serious. And I started to get a Jones for a watch. And you also, you know, when you're on a trip, since you've already spent a lot of money, sometimes it's easier to go, oh, the heck with it. I'm going to spend blank on a watch. Well, I, I fought that urge, but I started to get in my mind what I wanted. When I got back to the States, I didn't get a big name watch. I got a no-name watch that looked like a big-name watch, but still, I had the watch bug, and later on, I got another one. So I still like watches, and you know there's much more to a watch than telling time. If you just need to tell time, you could look on your phone, your smartphone, if you have one. There's more to it, and just like I like talking about vinyl records, I mean, there's something deeply satisfying about a real watch, a wristwatch, a pocket watch, or a real clock. And so we have Chris Carrion, watchmaker at Watertown Watch and Clock Company. There you are. How you doing? Hey, good, Bradley. Thank you. So you must have a bunch of nice watches, right? So being a watch collector and a and a watch fixer and purchaser, what do you? What's your favorite? It's really hard to say what my favorite watch is. Yeah, how many do you have? I have quite a few. I would say. I, I don't know if my wife is listening, but I, I, it's close to a thousand. I would say close to a thousand watches you own. Yeah, and I don't have very many of you know super high end watches, but uh, I like all types of watches. Do you have them displayed nicely, or are they just thrown in a drawer? Uh, both. Some are displayed nicely. Some are in the 
drawer. Some are. Uh, There's too many really to display nicely, right? I think I have a nice display in some areas. What? Are, where are uh, they displayed on the? In cases or just on the walls with little nails? Or? Actually, I don't know if you've ever seen an old watchmaker's shop, but in my shop I have a board in the back and it has little hooks. And in the old days, you know, when a watchmaker would repair the watch, he'd hang it on the hook to test it. Well, I don't do that. But on that hook, on those hooks, I have a, a lot of my pocket watches. It's probably about 40 or 50 of them hanging there in the back of my shop. How did you ever get into fixing and collecting watches? How does someone get into that? Well... My grandfather was a watchmaker at Waltham Watch Factory. And uh, when I was a young man, a little boy, really, I'd be over his house. And uh, he, he, at that time, he was retired and worked out of his house. And uh, he it was just interesting. I was drawn to it. And if I was to fix a watch or a clock, he'd let me keep it. Really? So that's kind of, a, it was good and bad, you know. I, <laughs> so I got the bug there. And, of course, uh, it, it just went on from there. But mostly I learned from him apprenticing. And uh, so, do we have local? Do we still have local watch and clock makers? There are some. There is Chelsea. There are, there's Chelsea Clock, right? Yes, Chelsea is still in business. They make an American-made clock. They are perhaps, I venture to say, they may be the last American clock maker around. And their stuff is expensive, right? Well, what's expensive, right? <laughs> Thousand bucks is expensive. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, all right then. How much? Expensive. How much is a clock? Uh, I think there's several thousand. Several thousand. Uh, but this is this is a lifetime investment. You know, you buy a car for twenty grand, and it's only good for maybe five to ten years, right? Yeah. Uh, is that what you tell people? When <laughs> it kind of is what you no, tell people, right? No, I'm just trying to enable people to uh, live their passion. <laughs> Are there a lot of people passionate about clocks and watches, like yourself? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We have a national association of watch and clock collectors, and in this area, we have uh, the Greater Boston chapter of the NEWCC. And we have the New England chapter, Chapter 8. And uh, the New England chapter, we have about, only about 100 people at the meetings now, but it's down. When I was a kid, we had 400 people. That's uh, quite a few people. So there, is there a watchmaker still in the area as well? Not that manufactures really. watches? Yeah, no. 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 Well, there, there's this young man that uh, he's going to speak actually on, if I could plug them, sure. on uh, January 26th. This is the Auburn Elks, the Chapter 8 NEWCC meeting. There's a young man, he's close to 30 years old, and he, I consider him a watchmaker. He is making cases, he makes dials, he makes hands. Uh, I believe he makes case tube, maybe crowns. He uses a Swiss movement for his watches. Uh, but, you know, what is a watch? I mean, so he, he's making those. His name is Ian Schoen. Ian Schoen Horology, I believe, is his website. And he's going to speak to us there. How much do you know about the history of a watch? When did watches, well, I guess they evolved from pocket watches, and pocket watches were little tiny clocks. How far back can you go in the history of the clock? In places like in, in Prague or various squares in, in Europe, you see these really, really old clocks from the, I don't know, 1100. Yeah. How far back to actual clocks with a mechanism go it's about that time we really i couldn't tell you exactly i know it's around 12 or 1300 the first clocks were i think tower clocks you know for the town things like that and how do they work they didn't wind them up like now yeah. do they, did they yeah well they use weights yeah they're weight driven they didn't have springs that was the, the first development that led towards watches was the you know right the invention of the spring when did that take place around 1400 
right around there. Because you couldn't and, have a watch with weights, of course. No, you couldn't, right. <laughs> and, and they were really little desk clocks, you know. Uh, they, it was credited. There was a, in Nuremberg, there was a man named Peter Heinlein, and he was credited with making the first watch. But that's... Do any of his watches still exist? I do not believe they do. There was one that, but it was a fake. It turned out to be a fake. But it, it was still an old watch. Uh, and about how old are the oldest watches that exist now? Oh, no, they go, they go way back. Like how yeah. far? Oh, right around that time. Watches from yeah. back then? Oh, yeah. The old, like the British Museum has them. And they're, they're all, in Europe, from 14, they 1500. Yeah, they have them. Like Henry VIII they, probably had a watch. Yes, I'm sure he probably did. And, you know, you see them in paintings all the time. If you go to the Museum of Fine Art. Oh, they, really? They, oh, people love to show their watches. They were, that was a luxury item. You know, they were special. Queen Anne had a special watch. And now it's it's a luxury item again. It became every day an everyday thing, and now it's kind of a luxury item again, right? Yeah, because a watch is about far more than time. Oh yeah, it says. Well, what so does it say? Well, there, there's history, there's science, and there's art. But today, you know, luxury watches kind of says a little something about you. I think about you know? your class. You're a classy guy. Yeah. You have money. You'll be a good provider. <laughs> Women should be attracted to you because you can provide or. Because you have a good watch. Look at my watch. Look at my Gucci shoes. I did meet my wife. I'm a good at the earner. Watch shop. You did. <laughs> yes, but it wasn't because of my watch. It's because of my staking set. Are there certain watches that uh, are expensive, but when you see them, you go, "Oh God, how tacky!" They're expensive, and there's a certain class, just like anything else. A car. Same with cars. Same with shoes. You can have expensive shoes that are tacky, and expensive shoes that show class. Is it the same with watches? You know, that's a tough question. I don't really judge it like, like that. I mean, it, some people really, the watch goes with the person, you know. And, uh, Does the watch go with the person? Sometimes, yeah, I believe so. I have a pocket watch in my pocket. By the so way. what does the watch say about the person? In what way does the watch go with the person? I, that's I think probably they, a tough question. It is, it is. I mean, they, I think it lends personality. Why is someone attracted to anything or anyone? I mean, it's, uh, there's some interest or, or some connection there. All right. Don't you think? Chris Carey. He is a watchmaker at Watertown Watch and Clock Company. And uh, we have some folks who want to talk with us. We go to Ed in Somerville. Hi, Ed. Hi, how you doing, Bradley and Chris? How are you? Uh, happy yeah. New Year to both you guys. Uh, I know it's a little late, but anyway, for that. But anyway, uh, I have to tell you uh, about the fact that in November, when I retired from a, a, a Braille place where I worked at National Braille Press, they, they actually gave me a watch, and it's believe it or not, it's called the Bradley, and, and it was it was invented by this blind guy that lost his sight in Afghanistan, and he wanted cool watches for blind people, and it's called the Bradley watch, and it has. Uh, uh, like lines, like, like lines that you can feel for the for the numbers. Like the, there's a, a, a the triangle at 12, and then longer lines for three, six, and nine. And it doesn't go use hands. It uses these little ball bearings that go around the edge, like, like the ed, the outside edges for the hours. Which which at first I couldn't find for a couple of days. I didn't. I I found the minute one, but I couldn't find the hour one until somebody showed me where it was. But the thing is, uh, uh the, you know, and and the, the beads go around like uh, uh, you know, like they would do on, on the face of a watch. And, and I showed it when I showed it to somebody. She said a sighted person would like a watch like this too. Absolutely, they're really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. super high tech looking. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh you, you've seen it then, Bradley. I'm looking at it now. On the magic oh. of the online. 
I've seen oh, it too. Yeah, yeah, the thing is, I, I, I found some, some videos on, on YouTube and not being able to see. I figure, well, they must show what, what the watch looks like there, you know. So, uh, uh, but I used, what, what, what's great about this one is uh, it doesn't talk. And so, like, when I'm in church, I mean, when, when I had talking watches, I never wanted to tell the time at Mass, you know, when the priest would do the consecration. I mean, nobody wants to hear it's 9.30 a.m., you know. Yeah, boy, I got to oh, tell wow. you, this is this looks like from the year thirty thousand. It's fantastic. That's the coolest yeah, thing yeah, ever. I, Thanks I, a lot, Ed. Yeah, I, it, it took me a while to get used to using it, but now now I love it. I I just wear it all over the place. Okay, Bradley, nice talking to you guys. Okay, thanks. You're very Bye. welcome. And so, what I'm going to do for all you folks who can't read minds. I'm going to post that picture of that watch on the Jay Talking Facebook page, the fan page, not the profile page, the fan page. Not Bradley Jay, but Jay Talking. And you can see it there. And you're going to want one of these things, even if you're sighted. Wicked, wicked cool. And uh, you can certainly return the favor by liking the page if you feel that's okay. Wow, what about that, huh? That's cool. That is cool. You know, you know what I like about that watch is uh, Braille watches, you have to open up the, the bezel and touch the face of mm -hmm. it in and, and the traditional ones. And, you know, dirt, hair, and everything gets in there. On this thing, it's remarkable. You just, you just feel it. In fact, even if you have sight, you know, you can check your time. Bradley, I could be checking my time right now without you even knowing. And what makes the ball bearing move around? It's not really a ball bearing. It's I, just, I, I've never been inside it. I have no idea. It probably is just kind of like a hand that is underneath and then pops up and the ball pops up on top. Could be a magnet, too. I've seen some watches with magnets. It would fall with a magnet on the top and it follows around? It, yeah, and you, if you shake it, it'll go to the magnet. But, you know, this one wouldn't likely work that That's way. super interesting. We're with Chris Carey. He's a watchmaker, watch collector, a clock collector as well. You have a pocket watch. You're a pocket watch guy, right? That's my favorite, I would say, if I had to. If you force me to. Because it says something about you, right? I think so. You need to know what it says, though. You have to be able to tell me what I does don't, it say. I don't know what it says, but I'll tell you. You when, must have an idea, or you uh, wouldn't do it. I just love it. I mean, it, it, everything about it. it. You know, when you get on the inside of a pocket watch, it's beautiful in there, too, and no one sees it. And it's big. And they're big, it's, and you can see them. And, and you can, it's good to work in there, like an old, like an old Mustang 67. There's room under the hood yes. to move around. It's actually made to be repaired. Is it really hard, much harder to repair the modern watches? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't say that, but they are different, just like automobiles. Jeanette in Randolph, what's going on? Good morning, how are you? We are well. Hi, Jeanette. Good. How are you, Chris? Good. Good. <laughs> so you got, a, you got a watch question statement? You got something no, you want to have a I just have a little testimonial for Chris. Um, the reason that my mother and my father have a collection of clocks is because of Chris's grandfather. Chris, you know who this is? Yes, Jeanette is my cousin. This okay. is my cousin Jeanette. Life. You knew that this all along, didn't you? I know. I know. Well, you I said can't Randolph, believe I did. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm not usually up this late, but I'm really glad I am because I like to listen to talk radio, and I'm tired of listening to politics. So this is wonderful, and I'm surprised. And and I have to just say that um, not because he's my cousin, but because he's a wonderful watchmaker and really cares about his trade. I'm so pl I'm so pleased, Bradley, that you have him on the air so that people can hear how smart he is and that he knows everything about watches. His grandfather, who we learned from, was a wonderful man, and that's the reason that my father and mother collected so many clocks, and my siblings are all fighting over who's getting what clock. How many clocks did they have? 
Oh, my gosh. They had so many pendulum clocks. I'm going to say 10 pendulum clocks. Um, some of them chiming. Am I saying that right, Chris? Yes, you're saying it correctly. Yes. What's the total and value I, of all the clocks? Um, uh, well, I know you know because you, you just went through <laughs> probate or something. So no, how, no. How much is it? No, no. I, I don't priceless. know. The, they're the priceless, clocks, Jeanette. They, well, they really are because of the sentimental value. I bet value, they're not. I bet they're not priceless. I bet they have a price. I bet okay, if so. I offered you X amount, you'd say yes. No. No, I would never say yes. I mean, I personally would never say yes because I, I'm a sentimental person, and I would never. But um, but I would say, what do you think, Chris? He spent a lot of money on clocks. A lot of money. They're priceless. I would, he doesn't I, want to I, say. I, I See, a good, a, a good guest would go ahead and give me the number. <laughs> Numbers don't mean anything. <laughs> All right, Jeanette's Jeanette, impartial. Jeanette, thank you very much. Review. Now we have Nancy in Dorchester. Hi, Nancy. Hiya. Hi, Bradley and Chris. Thank you for taking my call. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> um, I have a couple of watches here, Chris. Okay. One is a pocket watch, 14 carat. It's in a hunter case um, with a um, sub-sweep at 6 o'clock. It's an engraved case, and the vintage is 1902. Okay. How about a brand? we have a brand on there? Oh, I'm sorry. It's a Waltham. Oh, Waltham. I'm sure you know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you want to know how much that's worth, Nitz? I'm just curious. It was in the family. On a watch like that, watches have three different components. You know, you'll have a case, which you said was a hunter, and it's gold, so that's good. And mm -hmm. you'll have a dial and a mechanism. Right. Uh, you know, and this is, is this a man's watch? It said a lady's. Um, it's, it's really got a lot of um, engraving on it. I wouldn't think a man would use it, but it, it's big. But I heard you say earlier, pocket watches are big. It's about an inch and a half in diameter. It's very pretty. I it, really it, don't think a man would use it. But. Does it keep time correctly? It does. It and does. It, how, what's the condition of the face? Oh, it, it looks like it's never been used. Or what's put the condition, in a condition of the case? Oh, oh, oh the, ca the case? Yeah. The case itself doesn't have a scratch on okay, it. Okay, so right, yeah. top end, good so, example so of the watch. Here's the sad part. You know, We have to know about the mechanism, but the age for a Waltham watch is really not that old. Uh, in 1900, oh, okay. they, they made 10 million watches by 1900. But, oh, all right. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the gold certainly is worth some money, and it could be anywhere, you know, $300, $1,000. You really have to weigh the gold. And then we have to find out what the, is the mechanism. Some mechanisms can be worth, you know, thousands of dollars, but most of them are not worth very much. Oh, so, it does give a serial number. I've had it appraised in the past, but it was quite a while ago. And what did they tell you? It, um, it says 14 carat. It looks like a 419, maybe, Hunter case. No, no, what did they tell you about the value when you got it appraised? Well, this was old. This was years ago, $1,000 back then. Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. Thank you, Nancy. We have a, a basic handle on that. Beautiful. And it's at 617-254-1030. These are Bradley watches, about 285 bucks. It's a... How uh, much does a watch price vary if you want to buy a watch? I'm sure you, it's just like anything else. Depending on where you buy it, the price can vary. Where's the best place to get a watch like that? A Bradley watch? Yeah, from Bradley. Uh, you might have to get it from Bradley. Does he have a, a distributor? Think he'll give me a deal because my name is I Bradley? I think you should contact him. All right. <laughs> he should. All right. And so uh, give us a shout, folks. It's WBZ News Radio 1030. Now, how can you tell a fake watch? That's a 
key question. Somebody comes up to you on the street, it's probably fake, but if you do buy it and it is fake, how is it going to manifest itself, the fakeness? How are you going to see that? There are all kinds of fakes. I mean, I even had a guy come in and he bought on eBay a Waltham World War II military and it, it was not. And the funny thing is, I have a, a Waltham World War II military and on the back there are some specification numbers from the military. Yeah. This watch that he had matched the numbers that I had. Even had that. Someone just took it and just copied it in China somewhere. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's that's a $200 watch, so it's not worth faking. I don't know why someone did. But, you know, you're probably referring to Rolex watches. Yeah. There are a lot of fake Rolexes. Yeah. And they're all different qualities. Uh, you know, some people will say the, the, the bad fakes, you can look at the dial and a quartz watch ticks. It jumps. The second hand jumps. And those Rolexes are quartz. S Rolex, uh, most if it purports Rolexes to be a quartz, quartz watch and it doesn't tick, it's fake. The most Rolexes are mechanical, yeah. So they don't. The second hand does not jump one second at a time. Okay, it, it, it's more. It 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 looks smooth, but the fake quartz Rolexes they jump one second at a time like a normal quartz watch. Okay, but those are really bad fakes. They have good fakes with actual Swiss mechanisms. Uh, you know, I saw one that the guy paid eight hundred dollars for it, and it, it looked really good. It was real good. $800 he paid. For a fake, yeah. For a fake. And how much are the real ones? Oh, they run, f you know, several thousand dollars and up. I mean, Ten grand? Oh, yeah. The Rolex Submariner, I think, right now is around. That's their diver's watch. The Rolex Sub is about seven grand now. The, the idea of the diver's watch is interesting to me. People pay a lot of money for it to be waterproof to a depth of 20 <laughs> meters. But they're never going down 20 meters. They're never going to even get 200 meters. 200 meters they can go down? Yeah. Some, oh, more than that, yeah. No one's going down that far. Why do you buy that? Yeah. Well, in the old days, you know, the, the railroad watches were the, were the watch of the day. In the days of the pocket watch, it, they had such an aura, you know. And, and nowadays, it's diver's watches or, or also aviator watches, like the Breitling Navitimer, things like that. And what is a, what features does an aviator watch have? Well, there's a Special chrono timers? Chronograph. They have uh, slide rules to calculate your speed. Uh, you know, in the old days, calculate how much fuel you have left. Kind yeah, of? stuff like that. You know, p pilots used them in the good old days. I don't know they use them now. Well, how much would an original one of those cost? Oh, they've gone way up. If you get an original Breitling Navitimer, I, I had one years and years ago, which I sold for a great deal of money at that time, three hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, now I, I'm, sh you know, it's it's got to be it's got to be close to two thousand. Th those are very very collectible. Breitling, uh, you know, why don't we go through? A few of the awesome brands of watches okay. and, and a little bit about them and what makes them great. Put out with Breitling. Right. Let me just make a disclaimer. Every brand is awesome, okay? But but you're, you're talking about luxury watches. So, yeah. you, got, you know, the big one, everyone knows is Rolex, right? Omega, yep. Omega. What's so great about Rolex? Well, you know, a lot of it has to do with its history, right? They, they developed the waterproof watch. They developed automatic winding. You know, the Oyster case was their waterproof watch. Uh, uh, they have all always high quality, but in World War II, at the PX, a Rolex would cost forty dollars, but the Hamilton, which is an American-made watch, very high quality, would be thirty-eight dollars or something like that. So it was like a two-dollar difference. Now forty dollars was a week's pay, so it was two dollars was more difference. But now, like I said, the Rolex Submariner is around seven grand. You can get a Hamilton for seven hundred. So, and Hamilton is equally good watch. Yeah, you know, yes, I would say yes, but but you know, Rolex is a is a trust. They are restricted on what they can do. They have to run their company in a certain way, so they just keep on going forward. There's no 
temptation to cheapen their product. People buy it strictly for the name recognition, right? For the brand. It's, it's a good the quality. quality yes, the quality I, yes. of there are a lot of watches of that quality that don't cost that much money. And I guess when I say yeah. quality, that they look really cool and they keep the time just as well. Yeah, time timing is not necessarily an issue, and mechanical watches cannot keep the time that a, a cheap battery watch can, quartz watch can keep. You know? Mechanical watches don't keep time as well as it like the twenty nine dollar Timex. That's tr that's correct. How about do you do you despise digital digital watches? No, you like them. Uh, you know. you uh, you're allowed to have an opinion on the. No, I do have opinions. Program. I mean, as long I like things. I mean, I like all kinds of things. I you're actually, a watch collector. You're telling me you like. I've got problems. The digital watch, as well as a you carry a pocket watch. I carry a pocket watch, but I also have a, a quartz watch that's it's you know, very accurate. Twenty seconds a year. This pocket watch is maybe five seconds a day. But you know, that's five fine. Seconds, nothing. Five seconds a day. But I have a, a, a digital watch that I found in a box, and it was a Seiko, and I put a battery in it. It also has a little analog display in the upper right corner, and the thing reset the date, the year. Only it goes up to 1994 or five. I mean, I don't know how old this thing is. Wow. It it makes a tone on the hour. It is the most accurate thing. It's sitting in my shop, just sitting there. It's probably worth 20 bucks now, but it it goes ding right on the hour. Exactly correct. I mean, it's it's just incredible. Let's talk to Lonnie. He was down in Hingham. Lonnie. Hi, Bradley and Chris. Hi, Lonnie. Hi, Lonnie. I'm not related Happy. to Lonnie. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. To say. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> well, it's very interesting, this subject tonight, because I have my grandfather's pocket watch that was given to him by the company that he worked for, the union, and it was dated February um, 2nd, 1927, and it's um, 17 jewels, Waltham watch, white gold, and it's said in the case it's an Elgin Giant Watch Case Company, mm -hmm. and it has, um, it does have a serial number, and uh, Yuri Geller, do you know who Yuri Geller was? Who's Yuri Geller? Why do I know he, that? He's he a Russian from, astronaut, hockey player. Who was yeah. it? No, no, yes. no. He was from Israel, and he could fix things. And I remember one night years ago, I, he said, take out your watches by the radio, and he would get these watches that weren't working starting to work. Well, it worked. <laughs> he been He was famous. He was famous. He was on TV. He was on the radio. I don't know. He probably is deceased now. Mark says he bended. He bent spoons with his mind. Yes, yes, that's right. I forgot what it was called. Kinetic or something. I don't know. But there was a certain term to what he could do. So he got the watch to work. Wow. <laughs> it did work. I just put it near the radio, and it got to work. So I'm just curious about the value. Uh, there is a serial number in the uh, chime mechanism. I didn't know if that would help getting the value of it. 
No, but the uh, you, you said it was from 1927, 17 jewels. And well, it was given to my grandfather in 1927. Okay. And what from, you said, like the case, is it marked 14 carat solid gold? Yes, it is. Okay. 14 so, carats, white gold. Yeah, so so it's the gold that's worth the most in that watch. Nowadays, gold used to be you know $350 an ounce for a long time. Now it's up right today around $1,200. Yeah. So uh-huh. the gold is is surpassed the actual collecting value. Uh, you know, But you'd have to weigh it, and I would say on that watch... I wouldn't be surprised if there was four hundred dollars worth of gold in it. Okay, and what about the number that's the serial number inside the mechanism? Would that tell me what if the mechanism is valuable? Well, we know it's. You said it was a seventeen jewel, and yes. it's from the twenties, so it's unlikely that's going to be you know a, oh, a highly you're... collectible. But it's really good quality. It's four hundred. So say it were four hundred dollars, would you sell it? Uh, no, I think I'm going to keep it in the family. What if it were a thousand dollars? Uh, that might uh, that might be something to be considered. <laughs> what if it were two thousand dollars? What about two thousand? Uh, oh, are you bidding? Nope. <laughs> don't don't let him tempt you. No. Save that I'm just watch. curious. I'm just curious. So, if the older it will get, the more valuable it gets. That's one aspect. If it's really old, unless the value of gold goes down. Another uh-huh. aspect is if it's uh, you know they didn't make many. The twenties was a tough time for pocket watches because during World War One, wrist watches came out and they slowly phased out pocket watches. Uh huh. So and well, the, the higher jewel count would would could represent you know a higher higher value watch. Okay. Well, I might give it to my grandson and as a memento from his uh, great grandfather and. And then maybe it'll become more valuable if he holds on to it. <laughs> Thank you, Lonnie. We appreciate that. That was fun. Now, you ready, Chris, to talk to first Adam in Brookline? Hey, Adam in Brookline. Hey, Bradley and Chris. Really interesting. Thanks. Um, I just have some quick questions. I don't have them in front of me, of course, or not of course, but I don't have the watches. But uh, my grandfather's pocket watch, which I haven't looked at in a couple of years, but um, I'm guessing he was a banker who totally lost everything in the Great Depression, but I'm guessing it's from the late teens or early 20s, and it's a Zenith with a gold case. I don't know if that has any value. I'm sure it does. And, and, and Z- I say Zenith. Other people say Zenith. Oh, I don't know. I, at first I thought it was the radio company, but I know it's not. But I don't know anything about it. They were very high-grade watches. Uh, and the wristwatches are really high Made grade. where? Switzerland. At one point, they made the chronograph movement for Rolex. The Rolex Daytona was made by Zenith. Hmm. So maybe I should bring it in? or Yeah, bring it in. You're not Can you give them any, any sort of number for the folks listening? Because it's not it, rewarding. It would just be, a wild, no be a wild guess. Can you, you give know? a range? What, tell me about, is there, are there any complications to the watch? There are no complications, if I remember. It's a gold case. It's a, the, the dial is beautiful. It's got, you know, it's, it really looks like a fine watch, but it doesn't have any complications. It's pretty much a... It's probably not going to be, you're not going to be able to retire on it. Yeah. Like, for example? It's going to be in the hundreds, I think. Okay. In the yeah. But and then the other it. quick question, if I can, is... Um, uh, and I, I won't go into where I ended up with this, but I have a, it's a, it's a women's watch. I'm guessing from the, it's a, it's a wristwatch, very, this very small dial. I think it's a porcelain dial with an all solid gold um, uh, case and band. And the band is actually solid, like a bracelet, bracelet that clasps together. 
I did some online research, and it looked like it, it, there's no name on the dial. I think I'd have to open it, which I didn't do. But I, I saw similar ones that were Rolexes mm-hmm. from the teens. Does that ring a bell? I didn't find anything that was like it. It might be an English case or something. Yeah, and some of those uh, Rolexes were in English cases during World War One. Yeah, because I looked up, there was a name, a, a, a mark on the case, and that came up as a, an English maker for the case and the band. Do those have any value? They do. That is a real specialty. You really have to look into that. And it's it's a it's kind of a different animal. I'm trying to think. Is it Florence Night? Who was the famous nurse during World War One? Oh. Nightingale. I think it was the Crimean yeah, War. Yeah, that was but... before. <laughs> but it, yeah, you'd have to. We'd have to really look into that because mm-hmm. you have you have the you know the name recognition and is it a woman's watch for sure? Yeah, it's definitely a woman's watch. It, it's and it would be a very small wrist. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would fit. Somebody, <laughs> but it's definitely you know you have to be have a small wrist to get it on. It's definitely a women's watch. Yeah, that that you should look into because we have to figure in the gold and we have to make sure it's a it's a, if it's not a Rolex then you know you don't have much. What value. Would, if everything were perfect, what would something like that be? Oh, nine hundred bucks. Okay, there we yeah. go. I, numbers. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, great. Thanks a lot. Adam in Brookline. Let's talk to Ann over in Michigan. Over in Michigan, small country, over there in Michigan. Hi, Ann. <laughs> yeah, hi, Bradley. What's hi, going, Chris. What's going on? Oh, I just want to ask about a couple of items. Um, how about a Rolex? Um, I think I bought around 1985, Perpetual Oyster, um, gold and silver. The only thing is, I was wearing it in Rome, and it stopped on me. And I don't know what happened, but I ended up putting it in a drawer, and I, <laughs> I've never had it repaired. So I just wondered, like, what do you think it's worth, and how would I go about getting a real Rolex dealer, like, to fix it? Well, to get it repaired, you might uh, consider going to the AWCI website and see if anyone's certified. The uh, AWCI is the American Watchmakers Clockmakers Institute. Okay. Uh, And I believe it's AWCI.com, but be careful. There's the American Wall and Ceiling Industry or something like that. Too. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because there's, you know, certain stores, they have signs out that say that they repair them, but I just never, you know, I don't know why. I just, I had other watches. I, I'm kind of a watch person. So, um, but anyway, so I still, I have that. And I wondered if it, if it was running, what would it go for? Would you say? Did possibly? you say it was a two-tone? A two-tone? Yeah, it's a gold just... and silver. Uh, you know, the market's kind of soft on those. But uh, mm-hmm. I, would, I would have to, without seeing, it's hard to say, but I, if I have to put a number, I'd say around $2,000. Mm, okay. And I'll, I'll, now the other thing I have is a, a long case English clock uh, from Liverpool, uh, 17th century. And um, very dark wood, heavily carved. The whole case is just, you know, uh, grape vines and grapes and all yes. kinds of things. And it's a pendulum, pendulum clock. Um very tall and uh, has a slight sticker, a little, a little corner of the sticker, and you can tell it says like, you know, like Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wondered about that item. Now, now, is that an eight-day clock or is it a thirty-hour? Some of them you have to wind every day. Um, I, I believe it's an eight-day. Yeah. I, I don't. I haven't wound it in so long. I can't remember, but I think it's an eight-day. Yeah. The, again, the market on those is. Is, is down as well. I mean, I saw yeah. one the other day uh, in three hundred dollars. But, uh-huh. but she I, said seventeenth century, yeah. which is sixteen hundred. Can you believe it? 
and yeah, it would I only be three hundred bucks. The one I saw the other day was a thirty-hour. It was weight-driven, mm-hmm. uh, but they go up much higher. You know, retail can be two ten thousand dollars. I mean, two thousand. It can. It, it's all over the map. And if you get a famous maker, mm-hmm. that's that's right. Know, a different ballpark. You don't know the maker. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think, I, I looked on it, I don't really think I ever saw anything on there that, you know, there's nothing on the face of it. What's the face look like? Um, well, it's, um... Is it square? Yeah, it's square, it has, you know, the, the the case on top, you know, you slide it in mm-hmm. on the top, it has two big finials, you know, on each side of the top of the clock, um... Does it have a moon? Is there a moon on it? No, there's no moon, No. It's a nice-looking clock, though. It's really... And it has two hands, or one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What yep. about, does it have minute markers? Uh, yes, okay. I believe it does. I, I'm not sitting in front of it right now. Yeah, so right. I can't it's really... hard to remember. I understand. Yeah, yeah the, the market's really soft, and people, young people yeah. do, are not uh, taking family heirlooms even, you know? So that's the sad yeah. part. Yeah. But I think uh, the whole antique market's pretty soft, isn't it, basically? Exactly, yes. Because the kids nowadays, they don't buy antiques. Like, you know, it's nope. kind of, they don't go for the quality anymore. I guess they, you know, go for the SpongeBob stuff or something. <laughs> the SpongeBob stuff? What is that? <laughs> what is the SpongeBob stuff? I don't know. It's just, you know, like all the Disney stuff and <laughs> I don't know. I know whatever. what SpongeBob is. I know what SpongeBob is. SpongeBob yeah. SquarePants. yeah. But what is the SpongeBob stuff? Well, you know, they have just stuff. I mean, just they like... They sell SpongeBob stuff? Yeah, yeah. Ikea, like Ikea, yeah, disposable. Yeah, right, right. It's it's like, you know, like toys kind of mm-hmm. things, you know? I don't know. I, I mean, kids just aren't into antiques, that's all, you know, basically. Okay, so what would you say on the clock, did you say? Uh, I mean, it could be as little as $300, and yeah. you go way up from there. But, uh, you know, on yeah, average, yeah. I mean, on the average, I would say it's... Those, you know, in the $2,000 range, mm-hmm. usually, if it's, you know, but if, it's, if the case is spectacular, you said it had grapevines, and, and yeah. it is very old, and if it's eight-day, yeah. you know, English, mm-hmm. you know, so it's very, very good. All right, thanks, yeah. Anne. By okay. the way, Anne, is you, your yeah. house filled with expensive stuff? Uh, kind well, of, kind of. You know, I mean, I, I, I've collected stuff over the years that I like, you know, not, you know, I, I'm, it's eclectic. It's a lot of different types of things, you know. I bet it's, uh, so. I bet it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you. Thank you very much. I bet it's kind of like the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum over there at Ann's house. Ann mentioned the kids these days like the SpongeBob stuff. I looked up SpongeBob stuff. There is SpongeBob stuff. Just as an aside here, the Nickelodeon SpongeBob SquarePants beanbag, inspired metal plate frame, SquarePants necklace, and the SpongeBob Squidward mascot costume classic cartoon. $199. So there is, in fact, SpongeBob stuff. Now, you talked about movement. Is mechanism and movement the same thing? Yes. Switzerland, Swiss, 
they make good ones. It has been said that the Swiss make the finest and the worst movements. What's that? How's how? Now, that's going back in history. Yeah. But they made a lot. In the old days, they made a lot of watches and a lot of cheap watches. Yeah. And them, they made maybe the finest watches as well. So what are the the components of a, a really good movement? What what makes it a good movement and what tends to make a cheap, bad one? You're talking today. You know, yeah. to, to, I mean, the, the problem with today Not is examples, we, just when you look at it, when it's bad, why is it bad? Or why, why is it a good one? To, well, for me, when, when I say, oh, that's a good movement, I, I, I say, you know, there's technical support. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's, it's repairable. You, you can take it apart. Yeah. And that's one of the concerns I have. But a lot of these quartz watches, they're disposable. There are some brands that will not sell you any parts. So if you have an ETA movement, which is a good movement, but we can't really buy parts anymore without a parts account. They restrict it. You know, with Rhonda, you mentioned, they will sell to anybody. They, you know, so you're not going to have problems going forward like you, you could have with another brand. But th these things are not like the old days when you had 17 Joule adjusted to positions. There's a lot more quality in the old ones that you can discern by looking at it. When you repair watches that tend to be vintage watches and, th and things Mostly. that you repair, do, the, is it because the modern ones just are disposable? Yeah, you know, I try to help all the customers that I can. And the, on the modern watches, you know, if you have a, a quartz watch and it's, we'll say, dirty, you know, it, uh, it leaks, it's rusty, it's dirty, whatever. If it's not the battery, you change the whole movement, basically. Some of them I do take apart and repair, but the old ones you spend hours repairing, you know. We're polishing pivots, changing balance staffs, strewing hairsprings, changing mainsprings. There's all kinds of things you do. So the old ones you really rebuild. I mean, there's a lot to it. How old do you have to go back to to be to the age of rebuild rebuildable watches? I would say this 50s? generally now. No, no, 1960s. Very fine watches were made in the 60s. Wrist watches. Fashions change. Different watches become popular at different times. Can you go through some of the like decades and what watches were popular in those decades? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, wrist. We'll start with pocket watches. Uh, you know, the railroad was a s real big thing, and uh, they needed accurate time, and they needed accurate time because they shared track in the middle of the. Country. You really needed real accurate time. Yeah, because the conductor had a watch. Yeah. And he w had to be on the siding because yeah. the freight train would be coming the other way. Yeah. And there's no radio. There's no way to communicate. Right. And there were accidents, and they had to put in rules. But that was such a big deal at that time that people, they wanted railroad watches. Just like today, they want these you know, Rolex watches. And when were that, like 20s? No, well, in the 20s, yes. But even before that, you know, probably in the, in the 1880s and 90s, that's when these things were being developed. Were they big? These they were big, watches? Yeah. yeah, they were big. And who tended to make... They watch the good wa watches then, the good railroad watches. Well, you know, Elgin, Waltham, Waltham of course, is my favorite, I'd have to say. Waltham, uh, Elgin, Hamilton, well-known, Illinois. These are the big man, um, American manufacturers. Now, the Swiss did make very fine watches. But generally for the railroad in America, we use these American watches. were really accurate. They were mass-produced and interchangeable parts. That was the big thing with Waltham. They developed that. And actually, the Swiss did learn from us. In the, in the 18, in 1876, the Centennial Exposition, the Swiss really found out that we're making these watches of high quality and interchangeable parts, and they copied the way we did it, really. Really? The American system, they called it. Developed right here in, in Waltham, Massachusetts. And let's go to Bill in Boston here. Bill, you're Jay talking. How do you do, Bill? Good morning. How are you? Great. Uh, 
A couple of, just a couple of questions. I have some watches. I forget where I even bought them. They're older. Uh, one is a Jules Jurgensen, and I think I bought it because it's a, it's solid gold, and it's but it's a very thin watch. It said it's a Swiss movement. Is that I? I never even like heard of that name anymore. Is that something you'd even know about? Yes, the Jules Jurgensen. Now he yeah, that was a name that goes way back. But the watch you're talking about, I I know pretty well. Because my dad actually had one from, oh, okay. the, from the 60s, maybe early yes, 70s. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, they were very elegant, thin. Uh, yes. Today, it's devolved into, I'm not sure if they're actually producing them, but it's some inexpensive quartz movement. It's the last one I've seen. But the one you have is actually a pretty good watch. Uh, I think it's a one-piece case, very attractive, thin. I, I really like it. Yeah, and it works fine. I think still. Knock on and do you do do you do cleanings? If I brought a watch in, like like a, a watch, I don't know what you would call it. I know years ago you used to bring watches in every so often for like a tune-up or something. Yeah, cleaning or if and oiling. it's going fine, do you just leave it alone. Well, because of the the cost of, I like to call it an overhaul, but some people would call it cleaning, oiling. That you know, that's December disassembling the entire watch and replacing worn parts or polishing pivots. There's a lot to that. But I, I actually, I wouldn't do anything if you don't need it at this point. Cause it be, okay, and one more. It's just an old, um, and it's fine, it works and so forth, and it's not even a solid gold case or anything. But Omega, that was a big name at one time, wasn't it? Yes, it still is. Oh, it is. Oh, well, okay. well they, Long Jeans and Omega form Swatch groups. So, it, it being, if I was unkind, I'd say, oh, a Swatch owns Omega. But in the 60s, they made the Omega Constellation, the Omega Seamaster, and the 550 caliber is not going to mean anything. But that, I, I, someone told me, one, this fellow, Anton Simone, said that that was the best watch they ever made. Now, this guy works for Rolex now, but he used to work for Omega. And he oh, claims okay. Omega was the finest, Omega 550 caliber was the finest watch they ever made. Huh. This doesn't, this just says Omega on it. It doesn't say Constellation. I'm looking at it right now. It might say something at the, just below the six. Uh, it's not a six, it's just a bar, but I can't read what it says. Okay. Well, thank All you. Right. For, thanks, Bill. Thank you. Take thanks, care. Bill. Bye-bye. Take care. When, when watches come in for repair, I bet it's usually that they're dirty, right? A lot of times, uh, you know, yeah. What else tends to be wrong with watches? When you, and, and by the way, when they're dirty, what's involved in cleaning? How do you clean it? Do you use special solvents and stuff? Yeah, the whole thing gets disassembled and uh, put through. I have a cleaning machine. I like the, it's a mechanical cleaning machine, so it spins. Yeah. And there's different solvents, and then it gets reassembled and oiled. Now, it depends on the age. You know, a lot of the things we do is polishing worn pivots. Yeah. The, the, the bearings wear out, so if it's not jeweled, we have to rebush. Uh, today, antique watches, a lot of times today, are getting magnetized. And that's a simple thing. It, it just, it's, it's a demagnetized. How do they get magnetized from people's credit cards and stuff? Phones. Phones. And that, does that make it not work? It makes it go crazy, yeah. yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Modern watches will not get demagnetized. They have non-magnetic material in there. Do you enjoy um, taking a watch apart and putting it back together, or is it work? Oh, no, I love it. I love it. It's very soothing. 
It's it's I can't explain it, but it's You know who your, vo- who your voice sounds kind of like? Who? Ray Liotta. <laughs> Thank you. Did you ever hear that? No one's ever said that, but I, people do tease me when I go to these national conventions because I sound like I come from Boston, but hey, it's where I live. Ray Liotta. Yeah. In uh I know. What was that one? Now he's on a commercial. I hate that commercial. Yeah, that, that, I'm talking about the old Ray Liotta. Yeah. He I mean, was, I'm the the young Ray Liotta. Okay. Uh, any th- what else happens to go wrong that you, that you see? To, what about somebody asked? Can you know shock hurt a modern uh, an old watch? Of course it can, right? Yeah, and new watches too. Yeah, shock that happens a lot. Well, you have shockproof watches now, but they can still you can hit it hard enough, you can break it. Yeah. When they say that it's water resistant, how water resistant is it? So what they do is they pressure test it to a certain atmosphere. You know, twenty atmospheres, two hundred meters. But that's just a test. You know, there's gaskets in there that dry out, so it will leak. Uh, you know, also, if you're in a hot, like hot tub, I mean, that's the opposite, of probably, of what you should be doing because the ocean's cold, so diver's watches are really yeah. meant for that. Uh, what else? What other kind of problems do people come in with? Well, you know, the average is a, a watch battery or a broken crystal. Uh, but, but with antique watches, broken balance staff, that's from dropping it. Uh, one guy got hit with a baseball right in his watch pocket. Shouldn't be carrying it. Don't carry an antique pocket watch while you're playing softball or baseball, please. That was very yeah. traumatic. He wasn't very serious about the sport, <laughs> running around the bases with his pocket watch. I re- but I have to say, I remember my father playing baseball, and he had like a pocket full of chains. He was running around the bases, and you could hear the chains jingling. So, <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, I also appreciate Ed from Somerville turning us on to this new watch. The Bradley watch for for blind people or people who like really cool things. And Chris here, he's actually thinking about getting one. Right? I'm going to get one. Maybe we can get a group together. And are you going to get one? Or are you just saying that? No, I, if if my wife isn't listening, I might I might be able to buy one. Yeah, and so you have secreted away watches your wife does not know. No, about. I'm I'm just teasing. Really? I don't. I can't really say. I can't confirm <laughs> or deny. <laughs> Well, make sure you don't tell her about the podcast because she might be able to get the, she, the she dirt will. by way of the she podcast. Will. I'm sorry. Honey. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you, Bradley. Came in. Chris Carey. Thank you. Who is a watchmaker at Watertown Watch and Clock Company. Do you have stuff to see over there? Do you have oh, yeah. hanging on the walls and yeah, stuff? Yeah, there's clocks and watches, and you know I love to talk about clocks and watches. And you have used well, stuff? I mean, vintage stuff for sale? Yeah, I've got some uh, antique pocket watches. They all need to be repaired before you buy them because I have about a – Six-month backlog of her. So you can say, hey, I like that watch. How much would it cost you to fix that watch? Yeah, Get that working. Really? Oh, yeah. And there's clocks. There's antique clocks. Wall clocks. What's your coolest watch do you have in your place? Not most expensive. Coolest. Yeah. That's hard to say. But I do have, you know, a bunch of Waltham, uh, railroad watches, Illinois railroad watch. I got a bunch of railroad watches. Super interesting. Chris Carey, thanks a lot. Best thing about this job is you get to meet guys like you. Thank you. And, you know, I'm pretty near Watertown, so maybe I'll swing by. There you go. There's another episode of the Jay Talking Podcast. Follow me on Twitter for show updates. If you loved what you heard, like and review the show. It helps others find us. And as always, you can catch the show live. Jay Talking Live every weeknight starting Sunday, midnight to 5 on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.